This morning, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about our being, the invisible being housed in our bodies of flesh, the being that nobody can see, not even us. Can you see your being? We're talking about the being that is most valuable to God. We're talking about our souls. Now, I could talk about temporary things. I could talk about things that are here today and gone today. I could talk about having lots of money and driving an expensive car. I could talk about fame and being known all over the world. But these things are fleeting. They're temporary. They cannot last. As a matter of fact, they are useless to our souls. Money can't help our souls. Material things cannot help our souls. Fame cannot help our souls. Because money, material things, and fame are temporal. But our souls are eternal. So the temporal cannot help the eternal because the eternal will outlast the temporal. Did you get that? The temporal cannot help the eternal because the eternal will outlast the temporal. Jesus said it very, very well in Mark 8.36. He said, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, what do we know about what do we know about our souls? We know that our souls are, is a spirit. The soul is a spirit, and the laws and principles that govern the soul are completely different from the laws and principles that govern our physical bodies. What do we believe about our souls? We believe that the soul is immortal. Immortal means that the soul cannot cease to exist. The opposite of immortal is mortal, that which can cease to exist. Thus, the physical body is mortal, governed by laws and principles. And it will cease one day. However, the soul is immortal and will always exist. This is making sense to you. Well, what should we understand about our souls? We understand that the soul does not experience death in the same way the physical body experiences death. For while the physical body deteriorates and its material elements break down, the soul continues to exist. The soul leaves this world and enters another. Now you might be wondering, Sister Cooper, why are we talking about the soul? Well, because Jesus died to save our souls. He put his own soul, he put his being in a body of flesh that was without sin. 
He lived in this world like every human soul. He was humiliated. His sinless body was beaten. He hung on the cross until the blood drained from his body. He became, became obedient unto death and his body laid in a tomb while his soul left his body and descended into hell. What was the purpose for his sacrifice? Well, God in the body of Jesus endured this agony, this pain and suffering not to save human flesh. He did it all to save our souls. The death, burial and resurrection of God was for the specific purpose of saving the human soul from eternal damnation. Jesus sacrificed the eternal for the eternal. And not only did Christ die to save our souls, he sent his word so that while our souls are housed in these bodies of flesh, we might have hope in this world. We need hope in this world. We need hope in this world. We need hope in this world because we live in a hopeless world. Well, in this context, in this context, hope is believing that what is wanted can be had. Hope is believing that what is wanted can be had in this context. So what do we hope for in this world, Sister Raven? What do we want? And is it possible that what we want can be had? I'm going to say that again. Hope is believing that what is wanted can be had. So what do we hope for in this world? What do we want? And is it possible that what we want can be had? Is it possible that what we want can be had? You say yes? You say yes? Well, I'm going to tell you what I believe we all want. And then I want you to ask yourselves if what we want can be had. While we're in this world, we want to live a peaceful existence. We want people to live without killing each other. We want wars to stop. We want racism and hatred to stop. We want love to permeate our entire world. We want to be free from sickness and disease. We want to be free from pain. We want a harmonious family. We want divorce to stop. We want children to be born without birth defects. We want children to be safe from harm. We want everyone to have enough to eat. We want everyone to have a place to live. We want the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the food we eat to be free of contamination. We want anger to end. We want envy to go away. We want jealousy to cease. We want our existence in this world to be pleasant. So I ask you, can these things be had? The honest and true answer is no. And this is why I said we live in a hopeless world. Because what we want cannot be had. Well, Pastor, you're being awfully pessimistic. Really pessimistic, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm seeing the world as it is. 
And the, all of the things that I mentioned are the direct results of sin. And as long as sin is in this world, the conditions of this world will remain hopeless. However, this does not remove the fact that we need hope. We need hope because hopelessness is extremely damaging to the soul. Hopelessness adversely affects the soul in at least three ways. Hopelessness adversely affects the soul in at least three ways. First, hopelessness adversely affects the mind of the soul. The mind is the control center of the soul. Hopelessness causes the mind to feel powerless. And when the mind feels powerless, it becomes destructive. When the mind feels powerless, it is easily deceived. When the mind feels powerless, it is easily guided by wickedness. When the mind feels powerless, like the waves of the sea, whatever direction it goes, it will move. In whatever direction the wind blows, it goes. A powerless mind causes a soul to be hopeless. And a hopeless soul is unstable. It has no focus. It has no place of stability. A hopeless soul is like a ship without an anchor. Secondly, hopelessness adversely affects the mind of the soul with the soul's ability to reason. Hopelessness adversely affects the mind of the soul's ability to reason. In this context, reason is how the mind makes choices. Reason is how the mind makes choices. And making choices must be according to some thought. The choice must be based on this or that. If someone asks why you made this choice or why you made that decision, there must be a reason. So reason is the basis by which choices are made. Reason is the basis by which choices are made. And a reason is also why choices are made. Well, when the mind of the soul feels hopeless, its ability to properly reason is adversely affected. When the mind feels hopeless, it cannot reason properly. That's why folks commit suicide. It cannot make choices for its own good. The mind will make destructive choices without reason. Someone will ask, why did you do something that was so destructive to you? They'll say, I don't know. I have no reason. I just did it. This is because the choices of the hopeless soul are guided by this irrational, hopeless world. This world is not a rational place. This world is not a place where sound reasoning occurs. Therefore, the mind of a hopeless soul cannot reason rationally. Like the waves on the sea, in whatever direction the current moves, it moves. Whatever direction the wind blows, it goes. An irrational mind causes a soul to be hopeless. And a hopeless soul is unstable. 
It has no focus, no place of stability. A hopeless soul is like a ship without an anchor. Finally, hopelessness adversely affects the emotional stability of the soul. Hopelessness adversely affects the emotional stability of the soul. Emotion is how a soul feels in response to a situation. Emotion is how a soul feels in response to a situation. Emotion is where the mind of the soul feels, experiences happiness, experiences joy, sadness, anger, jealousy, or hate. These feelings are influenced by what the soul sees, what the soul hears, what the soul thinks, and what the soul believes. And the soul's emotional response to living in a sinful world is, guess what? Hopelessness. And hopelessness will always have a negative influence on the emotional state of the soul. Hopelessness can cause a soul to fear. Hopelessness can cause a soul to hate. Hopelessness can cause a soul to be jealousy, be jealous. Hopelessness can cause a soul to be depressed. Hopelessness can cause a soul to exist without any sense of purpose. It's making sense to you. Therefore, a hopeless soul is almost always in a state of extreme emotional disturbance. A hopeless soul is almost always in a state of extreme emotional disturbance. And the emotions of a hopeless soul are like the waves on the sea. In whatever direction the current moves, it moves. In whatever direction the wind blows, it blows. The emotional state of a hopeless soul is extremely unstable with no focus and no stability. A hopeless soul is like a ship without an anchor. Now, I briefly explained how living in this hopeless world affects the three areas of the soul. And I use the metaphor of a ship without an anchor. The mind of a hopeless soul is like a ship without an anchor. The mind cannot focus. The mind cannot reason. The mind is in in an emotional state and is vulnerable and unstable. When you are emotionally upset, that is when you are most vulnerable and unstable. The mind of a hopeless soul is like a ship without an anchor. Now, we know that a ship is a vessel that floats, right, on the water. And we know that an anchor is a large, extremely heavy piece of iron with a double-pronged hook attached to the ship by a long, heavy chain, right? That's an anchor. And when the anchor is lowered into the water, it holds the ship in place. So if the direction of the ocean's current changes... Or if the direction of the wind changes or if a storm comes, the ship will remain in place. The ship will continue to be stable and will not be adversely affected by the conditions of the environment. Well, the soul is, in fact, like a ship in need of an anchor. 
The mind of the soul needs something to keep it in place. The mind of the soul needs something to keep it rational. The mind of the soul needs something to keep it emotionally stable. So the question is, how is the mind of the soul anchored? In other words, how does a soul remain hopeful in this hopeless world? James 1.5. James 1.5. James 1.5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him not ask, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let him let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So the mind of the soul is anchored with wisdom. Wisdom stabilizes the mind. Wisdom is knowing, believing, and acting according to the word of God. Wisdom is knowing the right thing to do and doing it. And the Bible says if we ask God for wisdom, he will give it to us liberally. However, we must ask with firmness of faith. We cannot be double-minded. We cannot ask for wisdom and then reject it when it comes. We cannot ask for wisdom and then reject it when it comes. The word of God is the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God is the power of God. So the solution to powerlessness is to be rooted and firmly anchored in the wisdom of God. The solution to powerlessness is to be rooted and firmly anchored in the wisdom of God. Then it won't matter which direction the current moves or which direction the wind blows. If our minds are anchored in the wisdom of God, we have power and we shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the water, we cannot be moved. And the Bible says that we, Ephesians 4.14, Ephesians 4.14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive us. So daily, daily, this world controls the minds of the hopeless souls with all kinds of foolishness. Daily, this world controls the minds of hopeless souls with all kinds of foolishness and foolish doctrines. It tosses their minds back and forth like the waves of the sea. First, the media says, do this because it's good for you. They say, do this because it's good for you. Then they say, don't do that anymore because it's not good for you. Don't they? They say, do this because it's good for you. Then they say, oh, don't do that anymore because it's not, it's bad for you. Then they say, eat this and don't eat that. Then they say, don't eat that and don't eat that anymore. Good example. They said, don't eat butter. They said, butter is bad for you. They said, eat margarine. They said, use margarine. So everybody was using margarine. Turns out margarine clogs up your arteries. So they said, don't eat margarine anymore. Eat butter. 
Sister Richmond's going. <laughs> and the religious world is no better. They say God won't put any more on you than you can bear. What kind of nonsense is that? This world is hard enough to bear, so why would God put more on me? The Bible says cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. So the Lord burdens us with care so we can give them back to him. The Lord burdens us with cares so we can give them back to him. How rational is that? They say God's favor ain't fair. God's favor ain't fair. Woman thou art loosed. Christ sacrificed his body and his blood for his favorite people. Did he? The Bible says he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. In every nation that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. In every nation, every nation, He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The secular world and the secular religious world, because the religious world is secular. They're weak. They're irrational and emotionally unstable. Consequently, souls are weak. Souls are irrational and souls are emotionally unstable. Because they would rather put their faith in the deceptive wisdom of this world instead of the truthful and powerful word of God. They would rather trust this world and the government and all that is all that nonsense that's in this world instead of simply trusting the word of God and living according to the word of God. Because if you live according to the word of God, you will live with hope even though you're in this hopeless world. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables, Elder Rhodes. Fables, fiction, like you were talking about. There's no hope in fables. There's no hope in Santa Claus. There's no hope in the Easter bunny. Why do they even have an Easter bunny? Don't tell me stories about turtles and giraffes because telling me stories about turtles and giraffes cannot relieve my feeling of hopelessness. Well, the theory goes, the theory goes, if you're a giraffe, you don't live like a turtle. And if you're a turtle, you can't understand what it is to be a giraffe. So if you're a giraffe, You've got God's favor. And if you are a turtle, you don't have his favor. Woman, thou art loosed. (laughs) When I come to church, I want to hear about how I can straighten out my life. When I come to church, I want to hear about how I can get a hold on my emotions and keep myself anchored in the word of God. Telling me jokes does nothing for my soul. 
making me laugh does nothing for my soul. As a matter of fact, if I come to church and I'm in a bad way and you tell me jokes, that might make me feel even more hopeless. I need to hear the word of God because in the word of God I can find some power. I need to hear the word of God because in the word of God I can find some strength. I need to hear the word of God because in the word of God I can find some stability. I need to hear the word of God because only the word of God can keep me anchored in this wicked and evil world. I can stand on the word of God. And the word of God is truly an anchor for my soul. Wherein, God willing, more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast, which entereth in within the veil. Hmm. So by two immutable things, Sister Rhodes, two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath. In Christ, we have a strong consolation. Consolation means we have comfort. We can find relief from stress. Jesus says, I am the Lord. I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My counsel is firm. My word stands true. And what we must understand is but by faith, we have access to the immutability of God. And we are not those that are without hope. The hope we have in him is an anchor for our soul. It keeps us sane in this insane world. It keeps us strong in this weak world. It keeps us with hope in this hopeless world. In Christ, we have a refuge. In Christ, we have a fortress. In Christ, we have a strong tower. In Christ, he is our solid rock and we are anchored on that rock. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. Why? Because it was founded on a rock and it was anchored in the word of God. Hallelujah. When a soul is anchored in the word of God, nothing can move it. Nothing can shake it. When a soul is anchored in the word of God, the winds will come and the winds will blow. And the soul might bend a little. It might bob and weave. Oh, but it won't lose its place. It'll be anchored in the Lord. It will stand fast, stand sure, because that's the way the word of God is. It might bend a little. It might bob a little. It might wobble a little. Oh, but it won't break. It won't break. Hmm. Scripture says we have hope set before us. And this hope is an anchor for our souls. And the very fact that we have hope set before us says that we are not without hope. But there was a time 
there was a time when we were without hope. Paul says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Ephesians 2.12. So before we got saved, we were strangers to God, to the covenants of promise. We were without God and we were like the rest of the world that is without hope. Oh, but by two immutable things, his promise and his oath, we have repented of our sins. We've been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. We are filled with the Holy Ghost, who is also the God of hope, by the way. And we have a strong consolation in Christ Jesus. He is the promise and he is the fulfillment of the promise. And he's sealed it with his blood and with his oath. Hallelujah. 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 And by our belief. Our faith and, 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 and by our belief, faith and trust in him, like a tree planted by the water, we shall not be moved and we cannot be moved. For it is by faith in the word of God that we stand firm and immovable in our faith. Faith that Jesus is God in the flesh. Faith that the Holy Ghost is God in the spirit. Faith that the body of God and the spirit of God hung on a cross, suffered, bled, and died. Faith that Christ defeated sin and death and rose from the grave. We've got faith that Jesus is the way. We've got faith that Jesus is the truth. We've got faith that Jesus is the life. Faith that no man can come to God except by Jesus. You can't get any hope unless you come by way of Jesus. For there is no other name, no other name given in heaven or on earth by which we can be saved. There is no other name on, on, on in heaven or on earth by which we can have any hope at all. We have faith that by the spirit of God, we have not the spirit of fear, but we have the spirit of love, the spirit of power and a sound mind. We have faith that by the blood of Christ we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. We have faith that by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus we are free from the power of death. We have faith that by the power of God we are kept from falling and he shall present us faultless before the presence of his glory. That's our hope. That's our hope. That's our strong consolation. We've got faith that the word of God is true. We've got faith that greater is he that is in us than anything that is in this world. We've got faith that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We got faith that the blessings of the Lord make us rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. That's our hope. That's our strong consolation. That's our strength. That's our peace. That's our joy. That's our stability. Hallelujah. And this faith that we have that I just quoted in the word of God is the substance of our hope. And this hope is an anchor of our souls. So when the world comes against us to pollute our thoughts, when the world tries to make us feel worthless, when the world tries to make us feel hopeless, we've got an anchor. We've got an anchor and his name is Jesus. When the world entices us, when the world entices us to be irrational and to oppose ourselves, we got an anchor and his name is Jesus. When the cares of this world get so heavy, we feel like we're going to go stark raving mad. We've got an anchor. His name is Jesus. 
His name is Jesus. Jesus the comforter. Jesus the word that was made flesh. Jesus Christ the son of the living God. Jesus our peace. Jesus our joy. Jesus our strength. Jesus our hope. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. No other name like the name of Jesus. No other name like the name of Jesus. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Hallelujah. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All else is sinking sand. The Bible says he will not permit the righteous to be moved. We are made righteous by our faith in him and we cannot be moved. Like a tree planted by the water, we cannot be moved. Like a ship anchored on the ocean, we cannot be moved. We are kept by our faith in the power of God. Kept by the power of God until salvation. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. My hand and my father's hand are the same hand. And as long as you are in my hand, nothing can take you out of my hand. That's the source of your hope. That's the foundation of your hope. He says we are his sheep. We are his people. He has given us eternal life and we shall never perish. Christ says once your soul comes to him in faith, no one is powerful enough to take your soul from him. No one can take your soul from him. Not even you. Christ has the power to save. And by two immutable things, by his promise and by his oath, he will keep us from falling. He will keep us from falling. He's got the power to keep us from falling. That's our hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the blessed hope. Jesus is an anchor of our soul. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is spirit. Your word is life. Your word is light. Your word is an anchor for our souls. Your word is meat and drink to our souls indeed. Thank you for your word. Your word is truly a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning?